Hi, and welcome to another episode of CyberSide Chat. I'm your host, Jess Coburn. And today I have the pleasure of having with me Patty Crabtree from, um, sorry, Patty, from Crabtree Group, LLC. Patty has a wide range of experience managing work from home teams. You know, COVID 19's forced many businesses to quickly adopt temporary work from home policies. Many employers have expressed frustration with the lack of visibility into the activity of their employees and concerns that their job duties were being neglected. As businesses transition to the new normal and the reality, which is work from home will remain, either out of necessity or desire, many businesses are struggling with just how they're gonna move forward with that. Patty's gonna share her own experiences and success managing a remote workforce for more than 13 years and help us understand how to be successful in making this transition. Patty, welcome to CyberSide Chats and thank you so much for for being here with me. Could you speak a little bit about yourself and your experience? Yeah, thank you, Jess. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I worked with a financial services organization for almost 15 years, and we had challenges finding people in our niche environment. And so we, back in 2006, made a decision of developing this remote workforce. And so we started building out that foundation, and over the years, we learned um, many different <laughs> trial and error situations along the way about how to make it effective and turned it into a really positive thing to where we took our small company. We were between 70 and 80 employees, wasn't a large organization, but we took it to where we had two thirds of our staff working remote full time. And we literally had staff from Hawaii to New York and we were very successful. We were highly, highly rated with our clients. We were known throughout the country as the industry leader and we were the employer of choice because we had that flexibility. That's awesome. So Patty, the reason why I reached out to you and invited you on CyberSlide Chat is we're both members of Vistage and we're both part of the same little network that they set up for COVID-19 and we're business CEOs and other Vistage members post about what's going on and ask for help from their peers. One of the people posted a, a comment. I've got a snippet of it that I'd like to read. It reads, uh, Several staff have confided they like working remote because there was no commute and it gave them more family time. They are now saying that they want to work remote permanently so that they have better work-life balance. And in their opinion, they're able, or I'm sorry, they are much more productive from home. I agree. Some may be more productive and others, especially younger staff who require more mentoring and et cetera, are are, are not. And quality suffers, which is a big liability for our firm. Now, she wasn't alone. Within there, there's a dozen posts of other people that were sharing their own experiences and their own concerns around that. Your post was fantastic because you talked about your experiences and and what went right and what went wrong. So I thought we'd spend our time today and kind of talk about that. From this employee, what's the, or from this employer, what's the first thing you see that kind of stands out and says, aha, that's the problem? Uh, Well, it comes down to the the systems in place, your management systems in place. If if you have a strong workflow management, project management system, you're going to know what your employees are doing. You don't have to see them in front of you, right? You have reporting. You can see their productivity. You can see their output all through what they're doing within their work. So that, to me, is the main thing is really having a good control over your work environment. I agree. So for our company, we're, we're an IT company. And as I mentioned earlier, we went we went full remote about a year and a half ago. And the thing that's allowed us to do that is really having the right KPIs, those key you know indicators 
around what we're doing and what our employees are doing. We look at the, the tickets that come in, the response times, the customer satisfaction rate, all of that to make sure things are happening right. If you're a company that doesn't have that type of system in place, what else could you do to kind of get that, that piece there? There's lots of tools out there that you can utilize to help you with that. But the main thing is communication, right? Making sure that your managers are in communication with your staff. They know what's happening, what's being delivered, how clients are being serviced where the pitfalls are. So if you don't have the systems in place today, you need to up the communication to keep track of that. At the same time, look in for a system out there that can help support this because it is a time saver and really allows your staff to focus on getting the work done as opposed to reporting on the work. Now, when you started, when you took your company remote uh, back then, I imagine the technology that was available for that communication and interaction probably wasn't the same as what we have today. Today, businesses are able to lean on Teams and Zoom and really have that interaction. How did you guys keep that communication flowing? Well, back in the day, <laughs> we actually, there was GoToMeeting was around back then. So we did okay. utilize GoToMeeting, though we didn't have the video conferencing as much. So we just relied on email, phone calls, we did have our own internal workflow systems that we needed to evolve and grow to support this more effectively, develop more reporting. There was team meetings and we did it in phases. So we were, we were very lucky. We didn't have to go from zero to 90 like everybody else did in the last three, four months. We were able to do it over time to learn our lessons. And so we did a lot of trial and error of testing out different tools, different communication styles. One of our biggest oops in the beginning is we spent a lot of time building that foundation, the infrastructure of technology, our tools, how we're going to be paperless, all those different things. But we forgot about culture and how to maintain our culture, which was a big oops that we learned pretty quickly. And so having the approach of how your culture needs to evolve in a, in a remote work environment is really important. What different things do you need to do to balance that need? And, and across the board, typically it's communication, right? And so we needed to come up with different ways to interact with each other, come up with protocols about how we attended meetings, what was expected. Everybody was expected to participate. The meeting chairs were required to make sure that they're reaching out to everybody in that meeting and making sure they're drawing out those introverts to keep you part of the conversation. Because if you don't, you're going to miss a lot of gold there. And so it's enhancing that communication, developing those tools, engaging people at a different level. I use the word intentional. Do intentional communication. Do intentional, you know, have a really strong intention about what you're trying to achieve through your communication as opposed to in a traditional work environment, it's kind of happenstance. Hey, we're here, let's talk, let's make things happen, let's have a meeting or two. No, develop a meeting agenda so everybody knows what's gonna be expected in that conversation. Send it out in advance, get feedback from everybody what you're gonna talk about. Um, hold everybody accountable to that agenda and ensuring that that happens in an effective way. If there's side conversations, things like that, take those offline. But keep everybody focused on what you're working toward. And that comes through communication, setting expectations, creating those goals, as you mentioned, KPIs. Those are very important. We not only had what's expected with your regular turnaround of your work, but we developed goals throughout the year that how you, we expect you to help engage in the company and grow the company too. 
And so it's a balance of all that and keeping the communication lines wide open. That's really great advice. You know, I like the fact that you would pull in the other members of the of the conversation that weren't as open and vocal. You know, sometimes when you when you in any meeting, whether it's in person or it's a Zoom meeting or a Teams meeting or whatever, you always have one or two people that tend to take the lion's share of that meeting and really express their 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 selves. Yep. Whereas you have a couple of people who probably have really good information or more thinkers than speakers. And when you can pull that out, that's just magic. It is. And that's where the, that's where, like I said, the gold comes from is getting the feedback from everybody, getting everybody's input. Over time, as technology evolved, video conferencing became more mainstream. We required everybody to be on video in every meeting, even one-to-one -one meetings, having that face-to-face -face connection. You get a lot more out of seeing people eye-to-eye. So investing in that technology and, and requiring, it was mandatory. Everybody had to participate in meetings that way. And it became, it's our culture. This is how we work together. This is how we make things happen. So one of the things we started doing when we went remote was actually doing more meetings as video meetings, as opposed to just phone calls. And that even transitions or translates into our, our sales and how we manage those sales interactions. Because now you can't go and meet a client face-to-face but with teams, you can connect with them, you can talk to them, and you get those nonverbal cues that you would lose on, on the phone. So that's worked out really well for us. That's been a, a big plus for us, I think, anyway. Um, sorry, you were going to say something? Uh, I was just going to say I agree. You know, our sales team, we had a national sales team, but they rarely traveled. Everything was done on phone, video conferencing. We did heavily rely on email, too. I won't say we didn't do that. Internally, we had chat functions also that we used to communicate with each other. But we were able to grow our business very successfully and very profitably, quite honestly, over time by having these different tools in place. So one of the tools we, we implemented was Microsoft Teams. And what we found was that uh, we don't use email as much. We used to email documents back and forth like crazy. And now that we're using Teams more, the amount of emails I get on a daily basis have dropped a little bit. I still get a ton of, you know, everything else. But a lot of those conversations now have moved the teams and their instant messaging and chat messages. And then the document sharing is all done through SharePoint online. So it's all secure and shared and we can control who has access to it. We don't have to worry about someone's email getting compromised and these files leaking or you emailing the file to the wrong person. So that's worked really well for us too. One of the things that this person mentioned and the others mentioned was around younger staff. And instead of younger staff, let's say less experienced staff, right? Your less experienced staff, they require more mentoring and more handholding and maybe aren't as focused on the task at hand. How do you manage that when they're remote? Well, I, I'll take a, just a step here of saying they're not as focused on getting the work done. I don't agree with that. I think a lot of younger people are eager. And what we did develop is we developed a buddy system. So we had a really great onboarding process and an orientation process to teach the, the new people coming on board about the company and about the job. So it wasn't just hit the ground running. It's learning about us. And then through that process, we developed a buddy. And then that was our go-to person for questions. A lot of people are hesitant to ask their manager or supervisor a question because they don't want to appear to be 
incapable or incompetent in doing their work. And so we created a buddy, somebody they could develop a trust with and that they could go to to answer questions. We also just fostered a really strong environment of learning and teaching. Anybody could go to anybody for questions. There was no territorial stuff. Everybody was really open and generous with how they shared information and invested in helping each other be successful. Again, I go back to culture. That was a huge part of our culture was we wanted everybody to be successful together. So the younger staff, we invested more in that. That's good. That's that's great feedback. With culture, it is more difficult when you're remote. How did you guys keep the culture up at that same level? Through a lot of different trial and error practices. First off, I hope everybody has their culture documented. This is who we are. This is how we approach our work, how we interact with each other and our clients and really reinforce it. It was discussed at every staff meeting. It was discussed at team meetings. We also developed a peer recognition program around it. Here are our core values. You know, nominate somebody who exemplified that core value and give a reason why. And it became this great interactive process of, of, not, of acknowledging your coworkers. And then at our monthly staff meeting, we had a prize wheel, a literal prize wheel that they would spin the prize wheel. We would take, um, of all the nominees, we'd draw five names. And we'd, they'd literally get to spin the prize wheel with anything from logo branded stuff all the way up to $200 gift cards. It wasn't a lot of money, but it was such a fun, interactive, engaged process. And everybody really enjoyed it. And it was all built around reinforcing our core values and how we work together. That's Pick really nice. Yeah, that's really, really creative. And I like the fact that it's not, hey, I put your name in so you're going to get a prize. It's, hey, I put your name in and you're going to get, you're going to be drawn and maybe you'll be one of the five that gets a prize. That's really nice. And yeah, that way, I'm oh, sorry, I was just going to say that way I can see more people making more submissions. They do. And it's also, they get, a lot of people get joy out of helping each other. And so by acknowledging somebody who went out of their way to help you, help is also really good for you too. And so people, it was a win-win. I was getting something out of doing something nice for somebody else and somebody else was getting recognized and not just by your manager, but by somebody they work with and not necessarily somebody they work with every day. It could be somebody in another team. We really focused on cross-team communication too and cross-team involvement. And so really building that team environment, that supportive environment and everybody engaging in those core values together. We also, at our staff meeting, we would highlight one of the core values we had. And we had, I think, seven or eight. I forgot to count. But we'd highlight one of them, and we would ask people to volunteer to share something somebody did around that core value. So it was constantly part of our conversation. Did your values change as a company when you went remote? We simplified them. So we reevaluated our values every few years. And so is this really who we are and how we're doing our work? And what we learned along the way was make it a little bit more simple, definitely, and also define what they are. We put three definitions below each value. This is how we engage. This is how we're passionate. This is how we're accountable. This is how we show integrity. But they really didn't change. We just reinforced them and simplified them over time. And the culture remained the same or did it kind of morph too? Well, it morphed to a certain degree because you're not all in the same location. So people, it, it morphed a little bit, but not significantly because we made it top of mind. We evolved the programs to keep it top of mind. We developed, you know, you, I'm sure you guys all read about 
coffee breaks, do coffee breaks. That's something we started doing eight, nine years ago to keep people engaged with each other. So if you make that intentional effort, if you really reinforce it on a regular basis and you believe you have a really strong, effective culture, it doesn't have to really change. It slightly evolved, but it didn't make a significant change. I think it just got stronger over time because we made that effort. So you talked about coffee breaks, and that was going to be one of my questions for you is how did you keep that that interaction, right? When you're all in the same location, you can walk over and talk to someone. You can have chit chat. You kind of meet each other by the water cooler, so to speak. And, you know, that that how did you how did you keep that together, that that or whatever you call it? Well, again, we we required video conferencing for all meetings. So everybody stayed engaged that way. We encourage collaboration. That's huge. You lose a you can lose that that really critical aspect of an organization. We encourage people to reach out and work together. We actually launched what we call Innovation Day, and I think we stole this from Google along the way. But once a year, we would take everybody offline and give them a day to work on the business, not in the business. And we encourage them to work in teams with different departments, come up with ideas about how to improve the company, how to improve their work environment. And it became really interactive. We did the coffee break. We did, we did virtual potlucks. Let's see, we did a one year we did get to know each department and we had each department put on originally it was just for them to describe what they did and then it became this competitive thing about how we can get overly creative with each other, but really describe what their work is and how they interact with all the other departments. Even a company our size of 80-ish employees, people still didn't quite understand what other people did. So we came up with creative ways to help them get to know each other better through being, you know, as a team, as an individual. I'm just trying to think of all the different things we did throughout the years. We did at the beginning, we actually did fly everybody out once a year for a holiday party and things like that, but that became expensive over time. So instead we got a little bit more creative with doing things through video conferencing. So we, you know, like I mentioned the virtual potlucks or we would have, we had a talent show one year, different things to, to have fun. I know some companies will do happy hour. You know, that's usually off hour type thing. We usually did everything, try to do it on, on, on the clock time per se, as opposed to taking up people's personal time because that work-life balance thing was so important. Explain to me this virtual potluck. I'm intrigued by it. Well, what we would do is we did have a core group of people in the office that would bring in food, but we have other people share recipes of things that they would make. And then we would sit down and we would put up everybody on, anybody who wanted to participate would go up on the video conference and we'd have the people in the office and we would have lunch together and we would talk about the food and vote on it and things like that. That's, that's a great tip. Now, so there's Patty, always a winning recipe. Oh, okay. So then there was, a, everyone got to vote on whose recipe they were in a, that they liked or they were yeah. in a, Oh, that's nice. That makes it a lot of fun. I know some people have done like costume. Yep. And like you it's said, Halloween. the talent. Yep. Yep. Any other thoughts around that type of stuff? I mean, just because these are the things that people are probably struggling with today is what else can I do to really drive and motivate my, my employees and keep my culture top of mind? Yeah, we also, we had, our, we had an intranet. And within that intranet, we had a program called Jostle. And Jostle's a Facebook kind of program used for companies to keep connection. And so in there, there's shout outs that you can do. You can post about family vacations or your kid's graduation or the birth of a grandchild, that kind of stuff, where everybody could go and just kind of post things that they wanted to share 
of course, within certain parameters, we did have to stay away from political and religious stuff, but um, really share about what's going on in their lives with everybody and keep that, you know, keep that going. We would, at our staff meetings, we would celebrate those type of things. We would, you know, pull somebody's picture of the new grandchild up and we celebrated birthdays and anniversaries throughout. Really keeping that connection through different technology platforms and just the intentional, let's bring everybody together and let's talk it through. We also worked in committees a lot. We call them task force, where we would have a problem within the business and we would have people volunteer to be on that task force. And we left it usually open for anybody who wanted to be a part of it, along with pulling people in that we felt would be the best people to work through that issue. And we'd work it together. And those task force would be together for a week or two or maybe a month or two. So we kept that collaborative environment going and we rewarded it. You know, people who, people don't just need monetary rewards. They need the recognition. They need to, to know that they're making a difference. And so we went out of our way to celebrate those, those efforts and those wins. Okay. Now, Patty, within that forum, one gentleman posted this. We see the same thing in communication and collaboration of slips, but we're letting it play out so the team can gain visibility into this. So that when we move back to mandatory, you know, back in the office, it's understandable as to why. Is that the right approach of, hey, I'm just going to let this play out, and I know work suffering and the quality suffering, but I'm just going to I'm just going to bite the bullet until everyone gets fed up with it. Is that the right approach? I would think from a business aspect, I would say automatically no. Why would you let your business falter? at this point just because you think it's going to get back to normal i mean what is normal going to be down the road really and you know there's so much speculation in the environment today about second wave and it's going to be worse is it going to be not as bad and is there going to be a third wave down the road to where we go through these lockdown periods over the next few years so i don't necessarily agree with that approach i think they're missing an opportunity this is a huge opportunity today there's so much you can do to make this a win-win for everybody and you know, missing that opportunity to also, you know, people aren't thinking about the potential of recruitment down the road. You think it's hard to find people today. Well, open up your, open up your boundaries, your geographic location or, or geographic availability, I should say, of where you're going to hire people. So to let it ride out and to damage your business, I think it's going to take that person longer to overcome this when it gets back to quote unquote normal then if they put in the effort today, really listened to what was going on with their staff and their business and found a creative way to make it a win for everybody. I couldn't agree more, Patty. Oh, Patty, you had mentioned that the company you were with when you did all this, they were a financial services company. And, you know, I asked you, well, I know with financial services, compliance and regulation both play a, a big role in it. And from talking to other financial services companies, they went, oh, there's no way we could ever go remote work. It just doesn't work for my business. How did you manage to overcome that? Well, I mean, you know better than I do the technology platforms out there. We developed a, a network system through a program called Citrix that literally made it like people were sitting in the office doing their work. We gave them the computers. We gave them the monitors. We gave them the phone system. All tied it together with our network and our internal phone system and lock down their ability to use that system outside of our equipment. And so, you know, over time you got VPNs and dual, dual factor authentication and all that other fun stuff. But it was really come down to, you're gonna use our equipment. It's only gonna be used for our purposes. 
we locked down so you can't write to the hard drive, you couldn't print at home, you could only get into the system into our or into that system into our network and log into that and do the work there. So we had a lot of security around that and locked it down pretty well and knock on wood, there was never a breach. And the reason I wanted you to mention that is because it's really important for businesses to understand today that that technology that you were using 13 years ago has really matured and grown and is super simple to implement today. All those things that you talked about can be implemented within a couple of hours for a business today to be at least have the, the base platform that they can connect to. And it's not expensive at all. In fact, it's extremely affordable. And when you're dealing with the cloud and utility billing, you have the ability to say when those machines are on and when they're off, you have the ability to scale them up and scale them down as needed. And that wasn't there. You guys had to take a massive investment in order to make this happen. That I think when you start to look at the other cost savings, you probably realized as a result of going work from home, probably balanced out nicely. And for these other businesses, I think it's something they should look at too. So that's why I wanted to talk about that. And then I just wanted to make the technology bit just a little bit there. So um, <laughs> technology is the foundation, right? Technology is the foundation that's going to make this successful. And with the right technology for your company, that it that is a no-brainer. It it just builds from there. And that the technology does create the foundation. And I will share with you that we did, you know, we did it didn't just roll out perfectly in the beginning. We learned along the way. And yeah, we put an investment into it, but we could have invested more in the beginning. We were a little, you know, penny wise, pound foolish in the beginning about how that investment was going to play out. We, instead of having one Citrix server, we needed to have two. We ended up with three over time because you needed the redundancies. And if one server fails, you need another one to back it up. And as you mentioned, that technology is really cost effective today compared to the investment back then. But those are things we learned along the way. You know, the phone system, investing in making sure everybody's on our phone system so clients don't see that you're anywhere else. All they see is the phone number coming from our office. That was another technology investment that we made in the beginning, but we could have upgraded that a little bit more quickly. So there was things along the way that we did learn. Patty, was there ever a point where you guys said, oh, my God, this is a horrible mistake and we've got to roll back? No, never. Never. You guys were full on committed. We're, we're pushing forward with this. No, it was uh, once we started doing it and we started learning about it. And we, we, again, I mentioned earlier recruitment. We were in a niche industry and getting talented people in our niche in a small location was really painful back in 2006. You know, come 2008, 2009, that kind of changed a little bit. But back in 2006, it was really painful. And it just opened up for us to recruit talent, the top talent nationally. Like I mentioned, Hawaii to New York. We literally had employees from Hawaii to New York, and we worked around those time zones. We found a way to make that happen and effectively service our clients. We developed a core set of hours that everybody had to be available between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. Pacific time because our corporate headquarters is here in L.A. That's what we based our time zone on. And we really made it work. So there's so much opportunity. Patty, we're, we're closing in on 30 minutes here, and I want to end it here fairly soon. I think we could sit here and talk about this for the next hour. <laughs> I, got, I, I got days and days worth of material here. <laughs> is, there, is there anything that's super important? You're like, you know, if there's one thing I need to communicate, it's this that we haven't communicated already. Trust your employees. Their intentions are positive. 
most employees aren't there trying to take advantage. It's a learning process to develop a new discipline to work at home. It is a new discipline and be patient with them, help them through it, learn from them. Key, we, we brought in our employees who worked from home, we brought them in and created a task force. And I shouldn't say brought them in, we created a task force. And we asked them what was working, what wasn't working. Listen to your employees. They can help you make this so successful. And they have the best intentions because it's a huge win for them to not have this commute. I think that's fantastic advice. And it, it, exactly the perfect spot to end it is that <laughs> leverage your employees. They're the guys that are sitting in the trenches that are figuring this out. They have the knowledge. You have the assumptions. Get them to come in and be a part of it. And when they're a part of it, then they have ownership in it and it's going to be successful because they're going to make sure it's successful. That's your brain trust right there and believe in them because this is such a win for them. They're going to be invested to make it successful. They're not going to be invested in having it fail. And so believe and trust them. You'll make it work. Patty, thank you so much. For those that want to get in touch with you, you are a management consultant now. And for those that want to get in touch with you, how do they go about getting in touch with you? You can reach me at patty.crabtree, which is P-A-T-T-Y dot crabtree at crabtreegroupllc.com, or you can call me at 818-692-1728. And on the end of this video, I'm going to play a little video with some music, and it's going to have your contact information on there for anyone that may want it. Patty, thank you again. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. And for those that have been watching or listening to our CyberSide chat, I hope that you'll share it with other business owners and CEOs. If you're a business owner, CEO, and you're leveraging technology in a unique way for your business, and you'd like to chat about it, let's have a CyberSide chat. I'd love to have you on here. Visit cyberside.chat to reach out to me. Have a great day.